Hello and welcome to the Conrad Life Report for Friday, March 18th, 2022. It is now a nice sunny afternoon here by the window in Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn. It was very foggy this morning and overnight, which was pretty cool. Uh, I ended up spending <laughs> like an hour last night following the flights inbound to LaGuardia. Um, which were all either canceled or diverting, which stinks for the passengers, but was kind of fascinating to watch. I saw one one flight that appeared to be six hours delayed, and I guess that's why they persisted in trying to land, but they did 12 loops of basically the Verrazano Bridge before they were able to land at LaGuardia, which must not have been pleasant for the passengers, but... Anyway, the sun is out now. It is 60 degrees. I think it's going to get warmer. And uh, yeah, it's a beautiful afternoon. And uh, let's see. Well, been a mildly busy couple of weeks since the last episode. Uh, The big news was, um, well, a couple of big things. I guess the first big thing is last weekend um i get wild played a show well they actually we actually played a show i i guess it was the day of the last episode that i recorded so we played littlefield that night which was very fun um it was the third time we've played since the pandemic started uh you're no it was the second the second time and of course we played there like basically (laughs) friday march 6th which is when things started really happening 2020 pandemic wise but uh um anyway so we played on march the uh 5th 5th saturday march 5th oh so it was it was the day after the last episode um and it was great our friends balther um alabama opened um which has uh neighborhood resident pascal balthrop um kind of like singing lead and playing guitar and also some notable pals and um ray from our band played drums in his set uh our friend um therese i guess who's a sometime was in the band before it was it's basically a big collective from what i understand so there's a lot of people that were in the band um and then he has different lineups for whatever shows oh and this was their first show in four years i guess so uh therese cox was in the band um chris buckridge on saxophone lauren balthrop was in the band and um this guy mike on guitar and then annie from our band played bass on two songs and then i got to play percussion on the last song which i'd never heard before playing um but it was a lot of fun. Oh, and I have a Balthor Alabama band name, which I guess all band members have. And my band name is, um, what is it? Flatwood Thatch. Flatwood and Thatch both being towns in Alabama. So the highlight of the set for me, well, the first two songs were about the pandemic, which were, and they were upbeat and kind of like country rock and hilarious. And I wish there were recordings. Maybe there are, I should ask him. Um, and then, but the highlight for me, I think was, uh, Therese sang the song, do you know, by a band called the Ukrainians, um, who are led actually by an English person, I think. And I can't remember what famous band the founder of the Ukrainians left 
to found the Ukrainians. Something like the fall or something. But um, did I talk about this last time? Maybe. But anyway, she sang the song called Do You Know? And it was incredible. She sang it in Ukrainian. And Michael Arthur was drawing for Bathurst, Alabama, as well as for I Get Wild. And he actually put the lyrics up on the screen so everyone could see the lyrics um, in Ukrainian, in Cyrillic. And then... um. And then he turned the page over and it was in English to read. And so it was a cappella, and we're hearing Therese sing these words in Ukrainian while reading the English lyrics, and it was very moving. Um, one of the most moving things I've ever seen in any concert or performance. <laughs> I'm struggling to remember anything else that was that powerful. And it was just at this, you know, not even sold out venue in Brooklyn on a Saturday night, which is just another reason to go see live music any chance you get. Um, so they were great. And then we played our set, and I think we played well. I uh, I think people were happy with it. I had this weird thing where I didn't feel comfortable in terms of, like, felt like I couldn't play right. Um, and it's a weird thing that I think anyone that plays music or sports or anything where one day you – some days you wake up and you don't feel it, and that was me that day. Um, where I just kind of like couldn't uh, confidently play, confidently think of stuff. Uh, but I powered through, and it was okay. And then the last, next show we played a week later, um, I felt great. It was that, None of that was there. So, yeah, I'll get to that in a second. But we played, played well, and it was fun. We had a lot of friends come by, and um, I had a I had a ball besides the actual, like not feeling it <laughs> performance wise, but I, I had a ball. And then afterwards, most of us went across the street to lucky 13, which is the heavy metal kind of, uh, weird bar where they have scantily clad women dancing on the bar. And that was pretty awesome. Um, I hadn't been there in a few years. I haven't been anywhere in a few years, but, um, except for five places, but it was funny to be there. So we sat outside and drank bottles of Miller High Life, and it was fun. And then I just called a lift and went home. Great day. Um, so continuing this, then I guess the next weekend, which was now last weekend, uh, on Friday, March 11th, we had a show uh, in Woodstock at a place called Colony, which is in an old former hotel built in 1929 on Rock Creek Road. And if you know Woodstock, it's uh, basically next to that municipal parking lot that everyone parks in, just like, I don't know, 50 yards from the center of town. And I'd never been in Colony before, but I've heard of it for a while because it's been open a few years. And apparently it was refurbished and opened by previous owners, and then the current owners bought it. And it is booked by this guy, Mike Campbell, and his partner, Laura Stevenson, Laura Stevenson is, of course, uh, a fine uh, singer-songwriter. And Mike and Laura are friends with, well, apparently a lot of people I know, but my friends Pete and Kara pointed that out to me when I said that we were going to play a colony. So what a beautiful room. So it's all kind of wood, and it's hollowed out. I mean, it's almost more, it looks like a church in a way, but it's like that. It's an old, tall building, white on the outside, inside open in wood great stage um there's a balcony that runs around the top all four sides 
just um a beautiful space and at night when it filled up it was just had such a great vibe in there so that day what i did was to in order to not take a day off work because i felt a little guilty because i've just taken two days off work previous couple of weeks and i'm in a new job um i decided to drive up to the area early so i left here at 8 30 got up there 10 30 and i found well i went to this place rough draft bar and books which is in kingston in the i don't know what they call it, the old district or something the very old town part of kingston and i sat at the bar of the coffee shop in the corner and it was awesome and i just kind of people watched and worked and some things actually happened at work so it's a good thing i was working and i i felt like i accomplished stuff and i got to be doing it in a cool coffee shop which i love to do and i hadn't done in a while and then um yeah around two o'clock i closed up i took a little stroll down through some of the shops in town went into rocket nine records or rocket number nine and I almost bought a couple of Elvis Costello 12 inches from the Imperial Bedroom Punch the Clock era, but I was like, nah, I'm just, nah, I didn't feel like buying something, although it was a cool store. And uh, then I drove over to Woodstock um, and loaded in. So we had loaded in at like 2.30. So loaded in, set up, set up my computer so I could be online for the rest of the afternoon. And again, which is good because... A couple of other things happened at work, and I was able to take care of it after load-in and kind of before sound check and then after sound check, which is great. It's like I got to be upstate doing this awesome thing, prepping for it. Meanwhile, I was able to get my work done, which is – I felt like it was that day was yet another example of just um, work flexibility proving its worthiness. Um, so anyway, we played that night. And so after sound check and after like 5.15 or so, I signed off work and I drove up to um, the family house to my brother and sister-in-law and niece's house, their country house, which is about 10 minutes from the center of town. And my brother-in-law, Dhruv, was there and he came up solo. So it was just me and him and came in and we hung out for a bit and then we drove back into town and went to dinner at the Woodstock pub, which I'd never been in Um and it was great. It's just a fine, regular tavern. And I had a an excellent club sandwich. And we ended up meeting this guy, Lenny, who was sitting next to us at the bar. And he's a DJ for Radio Woodstock, which is great. Um, and he was fun to talk to. So then we went back and uh, played the show. Oh, I got to talk about the green room at this place, Colony. So the green room is actually like half of a split level or a split two-family home which is directly next door to the venue. And I mean, it's like across the single driveway from the door of the venue. And yeah, it's an apartment with an upstairs. I didn't go upstairs, but I guess it's like if traveling artists want to stay there, they can. That's what I that's what I kind of assumed. It has a kitchen, a living room, a bathroom. Um, So yeah, after we went to dinner, I showed Drew the greenhouse and... Um, then we went into the venue and saw the first band. So the first band, is, which who I now love, called Ultram, with with two A's. So it's U L T R A A M, and they're a bunch of essentially indie rock vets that 
live in the Hudson Valley. And so we know them, um, I think we know them primarily through Dan Goodwin, who plays bass in Ultram, but he is an engineer and producer, and he works a lot with Josh Kaufman um, and and Annie and Ray and a bunch of people that record upstate often. And, and Dan actually recorded the Bob Weir Blue Mountain record, so he was there when I was able to perform on that album he was recording. And he did some Day of the Dead, too, I think. <laughs> I can't believe I can't remember now. Um, I need to look back at the credits. But... Uh, and Dan's done a lot of stuff like that you've probably heard, like Craig Finn albums, Hold Steady albums, et cetera, et cetera. So um, they were awesome. They do all improv, although I get the feeling they kind of have these like mileposts or markers or guidelines they follow in their improv, which is how many improv artists do it. Uh, so they ended up doing three, I guess it was three pieces, just really uh, great. So... I, from what I understand, there was this guy, Grasshopper, who's in Mercury Rev. He was in the band. Another guy that drummed in Mercury Rev for a long time was in the band. And I loved watching him drum. But there were two drummers, a percussionist, two guitarists, a bass. Um, is that it? And Jared Samuel, who's done a lot of stuff in New York. Um, just a lot of like cool indie, avant-garde, etc. music. Also was in the band. He played sax. And percussion so they were great and then we played and I thought we played well and I had a ball and crowd was fun and dancing it seemed like it was just a bunch of Friday night regulars in Woodstock that like go see whatever's playing at Colony which is fine with me um, and had some friends show up which was great besides obviously my brother-in-law being there uh, my friend Krukov came so it was good to see um, him he splits his time and he lives half the half of the time upstate in um in athens but i think he mentioned that no one knows athens so he's just going to start saying he lives in catskill so krukov was there uh my friends micah and christine came which was excellent um and they they brought a friend too and geez who else uh, oh pascal was there again from balter Alabama, and he came on stage and sang uh, a couple of songs with us so just like great night overall and then afterwards drove back to the house and uh Drew was mentioning that he got to enjoy a rare night out in town just kind of like partying basically I was his designated driver so yeah we got home a little after midnight had a nightcap listened to classic rock radio on Sirius XM so great night what a perfect day the next day, there was this out-of-nowhere storm that was forecast and hit, so I thought I'd better leave early, so I left at 7.30 a.m. to make it back to the city to beat the storm, and thankfully, the weather held up during my drive, although it was kind of sleeting most of the way, and I definitely was driving speed limit or under, like um, as, as was everyone else on the throughway. but made it back in time. The storm didn't really amount to much in the city, uh, which is good, so... I got back and I think no one was expecting me back for hours and so they were like oh can you drive us to this like event that Oliver had a ticket for at camp in downtown Brooklyn I was like sure so I drove up there um and then we got some cakes and stuff for cupcakes for Oliver's birthday so the then the big news of the weekend was Oliver had his birthday on Pi Day so the birthday was actually on Monday but on Sunday is when we had the family um 
celebration. So we went upstairs, we had pizza and a cake and um, Oliver opened his presents. But the cake has to be seen to be Billy. Oh, maybe I'll put that as the image for this podcast episode. But he's Oliver has been very into stars and planets, etc. But on YouTube, they have all the, there's this subgenre of videos called size comparisons where it's you kind of like move from left to right and it just shows objects as they get bigger and the idea is you kind of get get a sense of like proportion so some of these videos start with like blood cells and bacteriophages and that sort of thing and they move they end up moving all the way up to the size of large celestial stars so Oliver has been obsessed with these size comparison videos he watches them all the time he draws size comparisons he just like will draw the same thing over and over. Like he's like, I'm going to draw a size comparison. Just draws these stars and names them and draws them from smallest to biggest. So Julie got him this cake from this individual cake maker that made his cake last year. Uh, this woman in Bushwick, whose name I don't even know, actually. Um, but I do know where she lives because we have to go get the cake. And um, the cake looked like a still from one of these size comparison videos there was like on the left was the sun uh with a little flag that said sun sticking out of it in the middle was right Ry- rigel which is a blue star uh rigel is actually if you're looking at the constellation orion it is on i think the bottom top left i think it's top left and then beetlejuice which is huge and that was the dominant part of the cake. That was like the main part of the cake. And Beetlejuice, if I'm recalling correctly, is on the bottom right of Orion, I think. Either that either that, or the it's play, switched with Rigel. I can't remember which. But I think Beetlejuice is like on the bottom right, the, the left leg of Orion. If you're looking at Orion, it's on the right. Um, so Oliver loved it. I mean, he will never go overly excited crazy when reacting to something, but the, the genuine look of just surprise and delight when he saw the cake was just priceless and he just said i i think that i i think that's the best birthday cake i've ever seen and we're like yeah and then um then as we're driving away i said you know be careful holding the cake julie because there's a lot of potholes and because the only way to drive from between bushwick and our neighborhood is like there's so many potholes on like um flushing avenue and DeKalb and stuff so i was like be careful she's like yeah and then oliver was like guard that cake with your life so anyway he loved the cake uh smashing success and then monday was his birthday so now he's nine um which is just impossible for me to believe uh but he's nine years old and then the third and final big story of the past fortnight was the return to office kind of so this week is the official return to office for the New York Post. So teams are expected to go in or employees are expected to go in once a week and then in April to go up to two days a week. And I don't know how closely they're checking or not. And they've made a point of saying it's up to the manager discretion, what day or this or that. And, you know, I think if we went away to Cincinnati, say for a week, my my boss, Michael, uh, would be like, yeah, work from there. You don't have to be in the office the one or two days that week. So it's still flexible, which, again, as I think, and I think the world agrees, is, um, you know, you can do your work from wherever. I But I will say that being new to my role, and since my role, like since our job consists of so much like 
knowing all these little things about how that that work on the site and et cetera, et cetera. Like it's been good to sit next to on like yesterday when we went into the office, it was good to sit next to my colleagues because I could turn around and say, how exactly did you do that? Or so we actually like fulfilled what our company corporate emails say about like the spirit of collaboration, because that's what we did. I was, <laughs> the three of us were talking all day about work and it was fun. And I felt like I actually have my head wrapped around stuff better than I did. Um, so yeah, for now, me personally, speaking only for myself, I am very into going in one one or two days a week. Um, and then afterwards, we we had a super important meeting at four o'clock, and that's how it was put on the calendar, uh, where we went to Other Half um, to the new brewing brewery tap room, Other Half's new room in Rockefeller Center, which I've now been to twice because a week ago I went in unofficially to work. Uh, just to get out of the house. So I went to Rock to Other Half then too. And it's great. So if you're looking for Other Half at Rockefeller Center, its address is like 600, I think, Fifth Avenue. But the door is on 48th Street on the north side of 48th between Fifth Avenue and like the plaza where the Today Show is. So yeah, it's like closer to the Today Show. But that's where it is. And it's excellent. Um, and it doesn't seem to be overrun yet. Uh, and I think it's probably because it's new. People aren't fully back in the office yet and it's hard to find. So you can't, you don't really see it unless you're looking for it. And when you're walking by on the street, it isn't like it even looks like a bar from the street because there's like this weird indoor vestibule. And then since it's all like modern, nice, warm lighting, finished wood type thing, you know, it doesn't scream out bar as you're walking by. So I'm happy for it to remain sane um, <laughs> for the time being. So yeah, other I guess that that's concludes the beer part actually of this podcast. Um, anything else? Oh, music. Uh, two albums, <laughs> only one new album because I, I have not had a chance to listen to music because I was uh, listening to Talking Head stuff or whatever. Um, but the the album that I fully listened to and that I love is called How Does One Begin by Mary Simich. I think it's Simich, um, which is on Ernest Jennings Record Company, a fine label that Taka Taka was on, of course, and run by Pete. And he has been releasing these. He's got this incredible release schedule for 2022, and this is part of it. And it's Mary Simich is a singer songwriter, and I don't know how to describe it. It's just like kind of, it almost seems pastoral, like it, it's timeless, but somewhat 70s style um but it's really um enchanting is how i would put it i loved it so how does one begin by mary simage and then was in the basement uh having a having a bourbon with my brother-in-law two weeks ago and listened to it's a shame about ray by the melt the Lemonheads because there's a 30th anniversary edition out and yeah just what a great album um, and it's gotten a lot of press. Like the, Amanda Petrusich wrote this really nice little write up about it in the New Yorker. But and I did I read something? It, there was someone else wrote about it too. Anyway, it's a shame about Ray. Great album. Hadn't listened to it in a while. So with that, I think that's enough. Um, all right. Well, let's see. This has been episode eighty-two of the Conrad Life Report. Uh, from the window here in Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn, on a sunny 60-degree day 
And yeah, talk to you next time. Stay safe and keep your chin up. Talk to you later.